1: Let's get right into today's episode. There were
0: some big moves in the real estate landscape this week, including David Eby announcing sweeping zoning legislation that affects the entire province, and it essentially allows multifamily units to be built on any single family lot. On top of that, and in the face of record high immigration, the immigration minister this week announced that they are maintaining their increasing targets for at least the next three years. Down south in the US, the Fed held rates, which we're going to talk about. Meanwhile, back in Canada, we have a fresh new GDP update. And lastly, the October real estate stats are out. So we are going to get into all of it, lots to discuss, and all these things are directly going to affect real estate in Vancouver and across Canada. And real quick, before we get into the details, for all the realtors on this call right now, well, Ryan and I, we run a successful team of agents here in Vancouver called the Vancouver Life Real Estate
1: Group. And the big news is we're looking to add realtors to our team.
0: So any agent that join us, well, they're going to have access to the same systems, leads, coaching, and accountability that has made our existing team so successful.
1: So if you know a realtor who would benefit from these, from being on a top producing team, have them go to thevancouverlife.com forward slash join to connect with us today.
0: Okay, perfect. Now let's get into what is important in real estate this week. Off the top, we want to discuss the immigration targets. Immigration has understandably radically affected not only rental rates across Canada, which are currently at all-time highs, but also the uh, housing crisis is being further exemplified across ownership as well, where we're seeing prices not peeling off in an environment where most people definitely expected them to. So this week, the federal government announced that they are going to maintain their target of 485,000 permanent residents for 2024. And that will increase to half a million, 500,000 for the years 2025. And then in 2026, they're going to stabilize, meaning they're gonna maintain that 500,000 per year uh, estimate or target rather for uh, immigration. Now, keep in mind, these are targets. And the actual numbers that we've been seeing for at least the last two years have obviously been breaking these targets way, way above and hitting all-time highs for basically every quarter that the data comes out. And let's also remember that this is not in reflecting the international student numbers too, which right now is basically a free-for-all. So there's no cap on international students coming into the country as well. And understandably, Everybody that we're talking about here needs housing in one form or another. So you can expect the rental market at a minimum to maintain the current all-time high rates and likely get pushed even higher as there are no way, there is no way to add new housing at the rate of these immigration targets over the next three years.
1: That's right. And when you consider how to get everybody into affordable housing, you've got to look to really big announcements and really big changes across uh sweeping changes across that add to reform uh some of that uh, we're, we're hearing some of that here from david eby who announced a new provincial legislation this week uh the proposed legislation is province-wide and will permit one secondary suite or one laneway home uh an ancillary building um in all communities throughout BC. So this supersedes the Plex plan, for example, Um, and municipalities of more than 5,000 people. These changes will also require bylaws for three to four units permitted on lots currently zoned for single family duplex um, and six units permitted on larger lots currently zoned for single family or duplex use close to transit stops with frequent service. When you look at this, the preliminary analysis indicates the province could see upwards of 130,000 new homes uh, over the course of the next 10 years. Uh, that is assuming that trades can handle that level of volume uh, and expect this legislation to take somewhere between two years to roll out. So a big change, of course, and
0: oh, there will understandably be pushback because like any legislation, this has not been fully thought out or fully detailed. We'll stay on top of it and keep reporting it. But as of right now, it is definitely one way to help with the housing crisis is by automatically rezoning everything because the time and the money saved there is currently very, very cost and time prohibitive. So Overall, I think it's a great idea. Obviously, we're going to hear lots of horror stories along the way. Can't imagine a sixplex popping up in Shaughnessy anytime soon. But either way, this is a, a overarching plan in the right direction. So I, I think we're we mm-hmm. throw this and uh, we'll see how it all I pans agree. out over the you know, next couple of years here. So quick look down to the states where the US Fed, they did hold rates this week on Wednesday. Currently, their rate is 5.5%. And it, it's and been there since uh, July of this year. And why? Why did they hold? Well, similar to Canada, they were citing uh, the slowing economy and a really tight credit market. So all the hikes they've done, the 11 hikes they've done, have or are still working their way through this system. Right now, if you're in the States and you want to get a mortgage, they do 30-year terms there. And a 30-year term average is 7.8% for your mortgage rate. So obviously very high. It's a 20-year high. And subsequently, we've got a 20-year low in new mortgages there so their housing market is slow 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 as well Um, feels just like canada's from what we can tell here they did in their remarks uh, leave it open to future hikes as they always do as they have to but realistically the landscape for the overnight interest rate in the states is very similar to canada essentially being stable And what else has been kind of stable, if you will, is the GDP print. We just had another one come here in Canada and it was flat in August and September looks to be flat as well. And this is, of course, with including the rapid population growth. So realistically, if we take like the not adjusted for population GDP, it's been essentially unchanged dating back to February. Looking forward then, the annualized third quarter GDP is actually expected to contract by about 0.1%, followed by a 0.2% contraction later uh, in the next quarter. So that would technically imply that Canada is already in a recession, albeit a shallow one though of course if we look to GDP on a per capita basis we've already been negative for a couple quarters now so when you look to that data and you look to it being similar in the states realistically I think we're going to see rate holds be the predominant story for at least the next four to six months
1: yeah and, and again pay attention to how those numbers get revised later in into the year as well because it's possible as this continues to come out that the numbers actually get contracted even further. We'll see though. Um, Looking at the Canada five-year bond right now, uh, after hitting 4.4% range in mid-October, yields have been steadily dropping since October 19th. They're now sitting around 3.9%. That's a 10% drop in two weeks and it's very much expected that uh, fixed mortgage rates will follow suit here as well
0: so a little bit of relief in that space which is obviously welcome to any uh, home buyers out there or prospective home buyers and let's talk about home buyers because what happened in october we do have the october real estate uh, stats and data out here for gbrd and as always we start off with sales how is the volume of sales out there well there's no question it's slow they almost cracked 2,000 units sold in the month of October. is like 1996. This is actually an increase from where we were last year by about three and a half percent. And it's also up three and a half percent from last month. But we are well, well, well below the 10-year se- seasonal averages to the tune of about 30% below that. So anybody out there buying or selling, you can definitely tell that things are essentially moving at a snail's pace. They're slow now. And I honestly think they're going to slow further. I mean, we are going into this winter seasons here being in November already. And for like a relation here, we look to what's happening in Toronto. Well, they're feeling it even more. So the slowdown that is when we look to how many months of data we have, where there were less than 5,000 homes sold in the GTA over the last 20 years. Well, it was, of course, the financial crisis between November 08 up to February 09, April, May of 2020, when it was COVID shutdowns and you couldn't even leave your house, and last month. So again, we always reference COVID, we always reference the GFC to the numbers we're seeing today. So it's equating to around that time. Why? Well, of course, the comparatively high mortgage rates that we're experiencing right now are definitely keeping buyers sidelined. Just like the States, we're seeing about a 20-year low in new mortgage growth. So expect sales moving forward. They're going to sit a, a, around where they are now, you know, that 25%-ish below the long-term averages for at least probably now until uh, January. And we'll see what happens come February. But uh, slow, slow for the next three, four months for sure.
1: Yeah. And I would venture to say that sentiment is right down there with it as well. So uh, with that being said, let's look at new listings here. New listings in the region totaled 4,664 properties uh, that were for sale in October. Uh, That's a 15.4% increase compared to October last year uh, and a 17% decrease month over month, lending to a 4.8% uh, sorry, sitting at 4.8% above the 10 year seasonal average. So new listings, um, popping up, helping to, uh, somewhat soften price. Uh, but again, with buyers just sitting on the sidelines and affordability being the main issue here, uh, it's possible we'll, we'll see this continue to rise, but at the same time, I think much like Dan just said, new listings will also, um, they will not come out at the pace they've been coming out in the following three months here as we enter the winter season.
0: Yeah. So even with above long-term average uh, new listings coming out, inventory is still struggling. Like It is increasing, but just not at a very exciting pace. Like uh, It it averaged out or it ended up here at the end of the month at about 10,900 listings, which actually dropped from September. It dropped about 1%. It is slightly higher uh, year over year, like 3%. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, it actually crossed a 12,000 threshold earlier in the month. But of course, what happens is a lot of properties are delisted at the end of the month. And people are like, well, it's a slow market. It's November. It's going to slow down more. Let's not even relist. Let's wait till the spring market. So realistically, I think inventory wise, we've basically peaked uh, for this fall market, which doesn't even really exist. But we've kind of peaked here. I don't expect to see this rise much more, especially going into November and December. Uh, historically is, is very slow and all the economic factors are pointing to a very slow December. This year as well. So, for those out there looking, uh, pretty slim pickings and likely to get even slimmer. Uh, But of course, you know, for those that are looking for the good ones, you just have to act fast, which we're going to get into shortly here.
1: Yeah, the sales to active ratio is putting us in a balanced marketplace. Uh, It hasn't really changed too, too much from last month. We're sitting at 17.9%. That's up 0.2%. So, a nominal difference month over month. This is the second month of a balanced marketplace. So buyers, if you're listening to this and you are looking for a home, now's the time to be negotiating, right? When we look at it based on asset class here, so you look at detached homes, typically the uh, market leader, uh, we are sitting at 12.9%. That is hovering on a buyer's market right? Less than 1% down and we're in a buyer's market here. So uh, looking at that though, that is up 0.3% from the last month. Townhomes are sitting at 20.9%. So still just inside a seller's market here. Uh, That is down though 0.7%. So trending downwards and apartments sitting the highest at 21.5% up 0.2%. So the month-over-month month changes here are essentially flat. Uh, this is also a great indication in terms of uh, what buyers and sellers are uh, experiencing in terms of sentiment in the marketplace.
0: So how is this all affecting price? Well, when we look to the HPI, it's down now for the third month in a row where the average HPI price sits at 1196500 Bucks. That's down about half a percent month over month. But when we scale back and we actually look at the year over year, HPI is still up. We're up about four and a half percent from this time last year. Right now, we're back to about June of 2023 prices. Uh, looking at the other two metrics here, median median prices actually rose again this month. It's been two months of increases. It went up about three thousand last month. Currently sitting at nine hundred seventy thousand. For reference, it peaked at one million. So we're off three percent on the median. And average, uh, after about three months of increases, it dropped 3000 bucks, sitting at $1,300,000. And
1: looking at days on market here, uh, there's relatively no change here. So the average home, when it's priced well, priced to market here, uh, it's taking roughly 12 days to sell. Uh, so... I just kind of want to touch on this a little bit here because uh, the days on market was reflecting some buyer behavior as well. Good homes guys, good homes are still selling quickly. The available inventory while it has increased, uh, the quality hasn't really been there with it either. The vast majority of good sellers are going to wait for a much better market to sell their property. And, and they may also be forced to at this time. So having said that, uh, you know just some boots on the ground stories here last week uh, out at some open houses and you know still having to in in some instances depending on how the properties are priced still having to wait you know to get into the house waiting for people to to do their tours and get out very busy in some instances other areas completely flat so it really depends on how you've priced your home uh even last week we were involved in a multiple offer on a beautiful duplex with lots of nice upgrades, one block off of uh, Commercial Street here, nice property, good part of town, tons of interest. Um, However, when you compare that to active listings that have not sold, the average there is 69 days. So that's quite a swing in terms of properties that are uh, uh, correctly priced versus those that are sitting on the market.
0: And that is your data for the week. So a little bit of uh, some forward-looking ideas here. So what's going to happen next? Well, so much of this is driven by sentiment. And as we know, consumer sentiment is sitting at the lowest it's been since, of course, the depths of COVID and uh, the global financial crisis. So as of right now, while there's a bit of stability creeping into the marketplace, this it's stable at a higher rate, largely of course the mortgage rates. So stable is good, but high rates are not as good when we're talking about people being incentivized to come to the marketplace, to be able to afford the homes they want. So this is really gonna keep things slow volume wise, but it also is keeping sellers off the sidelines as well. I mean, 2023 has essentially been the year of the freeze. You know, sellers can't get the price they want. Buyers can't find the home they want. Everybody just kind of sits and and watches on the sidelines. Yes, the odd people that have to sell or wanna sell or making a big move, yeah, they do. And we see some nice homes like Ryan just touched on, hit the market and move quick. But overall, you know, over uh, two, two and a half months of uh, days on market for everybody who isn't selling, that's quite a long time. So where's it gonna go? Well slow 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 (laughs) i think prices are going to continue to peel off a bit as these high rates continue to work their work themselves through the marketplace continue to see over like the next three months sort of that uh, 0.1 to 0.5 percent decrease in hpi over that time per month and sales volumes will continue to be 25 percent below long-term averages Uh, it's going to be a cold winter in that sense Ryan, what's your take on what's going to happen next?
1: Yeah, no, I I largely completely agree with what you just said. Uh, The other thing that I would mention, um, you know, we're 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 also recognizing this in the U.S. markets, right? And as the U.S. market just held uh, their their interest rates here, um, you know, we saw the Nasdaq, for example, respond to that by jumping one point six percent just yesterday alone. Um, The comments that you know uh, Jerome Powell has come out and said. Um, you know, he's saying he would not rule out another rate hike at the Fed's next meeting in December. Uh, with that being said, though, and seeing the markets jump, largely, Wall Street has kind of brushed that off as you know, that's something that they have to say to moderate and, and temper uh, behavior. Uh, because when you when you also look at US uh, gross domestic product, in the third quarter alone, it expanded at 4.9% on an annualized rate. That's huge growth that's that's very strong growth uh and when you consider um you know gdp in canada comparatively speaking uh just going over in a little bit more detail here august the result was slightly lower it was a 0.1 percent uh, month over month rise uh this was uh and in, and in july it was actually revised down um It said that it was zero growth, but it's been revised down into negative contraction territory, and that was from StatsCan. So as we continue to sort of progress through here, it's possible um, that things might get, uh, even though we're in technically, well, technically, not technically, entering a recession here. And I think the hope is that it will be a shallow recession. The interesting notes here, if you look at the economist from Desjardins, he said, whether or not the economy is already in a recession is less important than the fact that the lagged impacts of monetary policy are likely to materially depress economic activity moving forward. As a result, we expect the economy to be more clearly in a recession in 2024. So I don't think that really surprises too many people other than we're probably already in that cycle. So a lot of a lot of changes taking place right now, uh, but uh, keep an eye on GDP here. It'll be a big factor. Just it's becoming more and more of a factor, as much of one as maybe inflation and interest rates are going to be as well.
0: Yeah, and still no sign of major inventory coming down the pipeline. You know, we've got the three levels of government trying, but ultimately uh, they aren't aligned. So when you've got the Fed pushing through one set of rules, you've got your provincial level doing something else and then down at the municipal maybe they're doing things like tripling their dccs like we just heard come through so you know one takes one gives and ultimately people are pulling back and we're hearing some some big rumors and and some rumblings right now uh, about uh, a number of developers pulling back and some maybe even going upside down here so we're going to keep you updated on that but either way the other side of the recession whenever that may be the other side of rates whenever they do decide to come down uh it's going to be a tight market and it's going to be a tight market for mm-hmm. years you know we've got record immigration yeah. coming in we've got targets increasing over the next two years while we're waiting for the rezoning to happen but that won't even take place until 2026 essentially and by then the, there could be a couple million more people here so you can kind of see we haven't where, really where this can go we
1: Yeah, we we haven't had, we haven't let, like, supply hasn't caught up, right? And that that supply hasn't caught up because this is a 20-year problem. And the, you know, what we're seeing from, like you said, Dan, our municipal, provincial and federal level governments are going to take years before their impacts are felt so you know it's still welcomed but it's certainly late to the party
0: there you go that is our update for this week thanks as always for watching if you want to talk about anything real estate related we are here to chat with you just reach out to us at any of that contact information below thanks and have a great day
1: that wraps up this edition of the vancouver life podcast